This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for joining me and making this a part of your morning routines. It's very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic start to your week and that it's going very, very well indeed. We find ourselves at yet another match day. Yes, they come thick and fast now with all the cup competitions underway. The League Cup is here and it means that Arsenal will be facing Brentford away from home in the Cup competition. See if they can progress through to the fourth round uh, of the of the League Cup. So that will be taking place tonight. Uh, I haven't had a chance to do a preview show, so I'm kind of combining that uh, with the news show this morning. So there's going to be kind of three parts to today's show. There's going to be kind of part one, uh, a brief part two with the, uh, the, the preview and then we'll go into the chat box for a Q&A. So bear with me. Uh, as we try and get through today's stories and have a chat uh, and we'll go to your questions in part two but let's go to the chat box good morning to paul to lars to morgie um to civil salads uh, to paul good morning to uh in the chat box uh good jake jimbo uh louis james temmy martin stephen uh we've got stevie mr reed grantley poos i'm sure that uh i'm sure that Streamyard has already mugged people off and trying to look back i can see marcus I can see other people in the chat box who have joined earlier as well. Paul, um, potentially, Matt G, somewhere, I'm sure, and Peeny Ween. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. Thank you so much, everybody, for continuing to support the channel. It means a lot. Um, so let's go into today's show. I want to kick off just by giving you a little bit of a, uh, a glimpse into last night's event. I mentioned it at the start of yesterday's show, but... Uh, uh, I was asked by Carling and We Love Sport to host a local legends event in Finsbury yesterday with Ray Parler, which you can see on the screen there. It was a really uh, nice event hearing a lot of Ray's stories from his time at Arsenal, from before, from after his time with the club. And uh, it was great. I didn't really make too much of a noise about it because uh, once I'd been asked to host it, the event had already sold out. You know, Otherwise, I would have promoted it uh, and uh, tried to get as many of you guys along. Uh, as feasibly possible but the event had sold out uh prior to to me being asked to host it so uh yeah i'm assuming that they sold tickets before asking me to host because you know they could have had a few refunds otherwise <laughs> um but uh it was a very good event and uh really very much enjoyed it as well but getting on to today's stories um we go into a Mikel Arteta press conference where he addressed that uh, Saka team news um, that we saw, obviously uh, discussed during the or after in the post of the uh, the North London derby. But Arteta, uh, in his press conference, uh, discussed a number uh, of topics, and uh, we're going to talk about a few of them uh, with the benefit of, of seeing them on the Arsenal website. Just to talk about team news. He says Declan hasn't trained. Uh, he could not carry on in the game. He was uh, he wasn't comfortable. 
at all. Hopefully, it's something. It's not something big. We are confident he's still uncomfortable. Obviously, he had to leave the pitch, and that's never a good sign for a player like him. But hopefully, he will progress in the next few days. It's a tough one. Leandro won't be available for tomorrow. Let's see day by day how he improves and whether he's got a chance for the weekend or not. He did some activity, and that's where he felt it. He wasn't comfortable to carry on the session the day before the game, and he hasn't trained yet, so not available for tomorrow. And tomorrow is too short for Martinelli as well. Let's see if uh, he still has uh, anything for this weekend, but those players won't be available tomorrow. Thomas is still not available either. It's a long list, as you said. It's the same with Urian. You know that one, and it's a situation that we have at the moment. We have to adapt. The squads that we have at the moment is really short, and we need players back. That's for sure. Uh, and he talked about kind of mistakes in the North London derby as well. And he says, mistakes and errors are part of football. It's inevitable when it happens. Sometimes you have to be lucky when you make uh, it so that the opponent doesn't punish you. It wasn't the case. Obviously, when the ball lands to Madison, they have Son in front of the ball. It cannot get any worse than that. They proved the quality that they have to finish those actions off. And it's a shame because that was the moment, the turning point in the game. To be on top of it, it was probably the best moment that we had in the game. But we have had to accept that as well. And when it happens, there are other factors as well that contribute to it and you move on. So, so not particularly great team news stuff. But yeah, it, it doesn't seem like Saka nor Smith Rowe uh, are going to be, uh, sorry, Saka or Rice, my apologies, are going to be there tonight uh, either. Uh, it's a really frustrating one because, you know, we could really, really do with having these players uh, available uh, for uh, for the game. And not having them is, is a real problem. He was asked about Saka specifically. He said he was limping quite badly after the match. As you know, we had to get him off the field, which is never a good sign as well. He hasn't been able to participate in the session, which is not good uh, at all, obviously. Um, we hope that he's fine for the weekend, um, but eventually this was going to happen. You know, we've got this situation where our players are getting kicked and kicked and kicked constantly. And players like... Saka and Martinelli are now facing injuries. But to lose all of them ahead of what is another Premier League game, you know, we're all focused on the Man City game in our minds, but their Bournemouth game is going to be a challenge. And if we don't have Saka and Martinelli and Rice and Timber and Partey and Trossard, all of a sudden we are in trouble. Big, big trouble. Um, but hopefully we can get some positive news before that. And hopefully some of those players can come back and we can navigate that fixture uh, before we have to face Manchester City and travel away to Lawns, of course, in the Champions League as well. Uh, Chelsea have joined the race to sign Ivan Tony. Arsenal will not be the only team that are looking to try and sign the England international from Brentford when, of course, his ban finishes in January. Um, obviously, I talked a lot about Ivan Tony. I'm not going to go into loads of detail like I did yesterday on the topic. Uh, I was frustrated to read if I had a few of the comments. I think misrepresented a lot of what I said, sadly. And... Uh, yeah, look, if people disagree with my view, that's fine. That's the whole point of this. Um, I think one of the big things that frustrated me most about the coverage and the reaction to my comments on Tony was the use of the word agenda. Uh, just to lay it out clear, uh, there is no agenda uh, against Ivan Tony. I've been very open and honest about my thoughts about some of his incidents in the past. The betting thing is separate. I've also addressed the betting thing in saying that the guy had an issue. He's getting help for that issue. I've not got a problem with that. The issues that I had was with the um, some of the videos that came out about the disrespectful comments he made towards Brentford. That is the issue that I've had with uh, on the social side of the Ivan Tony thing. There's no agenda. He's a very good player. I've just simply said that I feel that Arsenal maybe can get better. So it is frustrating to see people twist words and misrepresent what I've said. But uh, I hope that that can clear things up for you. Uh, and lastly, our headline story of the day, um, and not particularly the most enjoyable story to discuss. Um, because Victor Ozerman has uh, threatened to sue Napoli after a social media post, a couple of social media posts have been made and deleted uh, by Napoli's TikTok account. Reading an article from The Mirror uh, discussing this, a statement was made by his agent, Roberto Calenda, in which they said, what happened today on Napoli's official profile on the TikTok platform is not acceptable. A video mocking Victor was made uh, was first made public and then but now belatedly deleted. Uh, he continued by saying, a serious fact that causes very serious damage to the player and adds to the treatment that the boy is suffering in the last period between media trials and fake news. We reserve the right to take legal action and any useful initiative to protect Victor. 
he has since, to my, from what I've seen, deleted any reference of Napoli from his Instagram page as this situation continues. I would recommend doing uh, more research into it. There are, uh, as you can find online, examples of the videos that are being discussed, and some of them are, all of them, dreadful. Um, if this is an opening in any kind of potential transfer away from Napoli, you know, I've been very open and honest, and there is a little bit of an ironic timing of this story coming out after what we discussed yesterday regarding Ivan Tony and how I felt that we should be looking to try and go and get a striker above and beyond um, Tony. And I certainly would put Victor Rosamin in that category. If this situation um, is not resolved and Napoli are, you know, in a situation where they have to move, uh, they have to accept that Ozymen will want to transfer away from the club. Arsenal should absolutely um, be throwing their hat into the ring um, and trying to sign uh, Victor Ozymen because he's a, he's a fantastic player. And so, yeah, this this story, timing of it is kind of incredible. Um, the horrific videos that Napoli have put up even worse, but uh, a very, very interesting uh, line that we'll continue to follow and see the fallout from in the coming weeks, months, and who knows, maybe even to into next year's transfer windows. Right, I did say that we were going to go and discuss tonight's game briefly, so we're going to do that. Uh, so let's jump over to our preview show. Right then, um, yes, Brentford versus Arsenal in the Carabao Cup. Uh, I haven't got, uh, sadly, any of our guests that we usually bring from the Discord server on because it's a very spontaneous decision to kind of combine the two shows this morning. I'm just going to kind of run through my thoughts ahead of tonight's game. I did talk at length yesterday about my thoughts on the League Cup and me not being that particularly uh, enthralled by the, the Cup competition. I'm going to be there this evening at the GTEC Community Stadium to see a what I hope to be a very changed Arsenal team. Uh, in terms of what I would go for for tonight, this is my team uh, that I would pick for the game. Uh, I'd go Ramsdale in goal, uh, Rule Waters at right back, Tommy Asu and Gabriel in defence with Kivior at left back, Jorginho, Miles Lewis Skelly, and Fabio Vieira make up the midfield three with Nelson, Smith Rowe, and Havertz uh, as the uh, the forward three. That is what I would pick. It's not what I necessarily think Arteta will pick. I think that he will change things quite significantly uh, in the game. He did discuss the amount of minutes that players have said. He said uh, there are a lot of players that need minutes, that's for sure. You can go through the squad and some players haven't played that many minutes and tomorrow they're going to have exposure for sure. Uh, he says on if there will be young players involved. And he says it can include that, yes. So maybe we'll see some youngsters uh, on the fixture schedule. And if we take any risk with certain players, he says it's true that we've had a lot of internationals in the last few windows and they had quite a lot of exposure to minutes. But at the moment, we have a squad that is not 24 players. You know to change 11 or 12 players tomorrow. It's just not a possibility that we have in the squad. So there's potential, it seems, um, for youngsters and young players to get an opportunity. I think that we have to. Uh, regarding Ethan Nuaneri, as Jesus' left leg asks, last I heard, he was injured in the game against, uh, or that he was injured for the under 21s. He didn't, he wasn't involved in their last game because of an injury. I don't know whether he's recovered from that injury yet. I don't know how serious that injury was. So I can't put Nuaneri in because I don't know his injury status uh, at the moment. So. Yeah, uh, it's it's difficult to know whether or not he would be fit and available. So that's why I've not put Nuaneri in this team. Otherwise, I might have. Um, I might have had him at least coming off the bench, an absolute minimum. But uh, let's see how much we uh, let's see how much we we see change tonight. I'd love to see Havertz start at striker. I want to see him get in the box. I want to see him get the confidence to get chances, get on the score sheet if possible. Um, but ultimately, if Arsenal don't progress through this round of the competition. I'm not going to particularly lose too much sleep over it, as I've talked about quite significantly at length in yesterday's show. Right, let's go to part three and your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat box and go through as many questions as we can from you guys. Nick B says, uh, what do you think Brentford's lineup might be? It's very difficult to know, to be honest, what Brentford might do. They have got uh, and have not had the best of starts of the season. They're 13th in the table. They've got six points from six games and they are very much at the moment in that relegation battle. They've got a very big game at the weekend against Nottingham Forest and they lost at the weekend at home to Everton believe it or not. So will they change things up? Well, on the bench for them last time to give you some sense of who pl- which players might come in, I think we can expect that Strakosha, the, uh, I think he's an Albanian goalkeeper, um, will come in. Uh, we've got uh, on the bench against Everton, Godos, Onyenka, Ajea, Olekibe, we've got Jorgensen, Yamalink, Yamalinkunk, I've not heard of him before. Yegor Yamo Liuk, he is a Sounds like a Ukrainian name. It is indeed. Uh, he's a 19-year-old uh, winger. Uh, let's have a look. He, yeah, a midfielder, sorry. And uh, so who knows? Maybe he'll be involved. There's a lot of different players to, to discuss in the depth of that Brentford squad. Brentford, of course, don't have a um, youth academy. They've got a, a B team that plays. So uh, you've, I think it was, was it Beckham? I think uh, Beckham's son has been involved in the, uh, the Brentford youth sides. Will we see some youth opportunities uh, for some of their team as well? Difficult to predict what they'll go with, though. Um, Angela T says, in his press yesterday, Thomas Frank said that he was going to put out a strong lineup. Okay, so there you go. Brentford will go for a stronger team. I think that, you know, if you are a betting person, you want to probably bet on Brentford this game because I think they're going to play a much stronger team than what Arsenal will do. So, yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens. At last, I think Brentford will play a strong team to try and get some momentum going which is absolutely fair enough um let's go to richard says tom after seeing the ozomen video i could see why he would want to leave as soon as possible could we afford him if that happens in january it would depend upon the price tag uh the prices that have been discussed for ozomen have been at astronomical figures if that now drops significantly after this situation i don't know is the answer so we'd have to uh have to wait and find out what happens uh spiral says what's your prediction for the score or oh, prediction for tonight i think it's going to be i think it could be goals you know i think it could be like three two or four three or you know two two and go to penalties i think it could be a really chaotic game tonight um so yeah i'm expecting goals for both teams i'm going to go three two arsenal always ever the optimist of course uh so yeah let's wait and see uh, more than a wheelchair says how much longer do you expect arteta to stay will he stay until pep leaves city and then go there I expect Arteta to stay for the foreseeable future. There's been no indication that he would go and replace Pep at City if Pepe, if Pepe, if Pep indeed does move on. Uh, so I expect Arteta to stay, and I hope that he does for the foreseeable future. Uh, Aditya says, Tom, your thoughts on recent spikes uh, in injuries? What can we learn from it to prepare better? The honest answer is I don't know. I don't know what's causing the injuries. There has been injuries that have happened in training. There's been injuries that have happened on the pitch. Partey was in training, Trossard was in training, although that was some muscle tightness. So I think the Trossard injury got kind of piled in on with like these training injuries, but it was muscle tightness. That happens in players and athletes. It can, you know, it's, it's just spontaneous at times. It's not to do with tactical training methods. So I don't think there's anything necessary about learning from things. What I would say is that the only thing Arteta could potentially do is substitute players a little earlier in certain games. You know, Saka didn't need to be on as long as he was. He was already shattered in that game against Spurs. He could have been brought off sooner. I think substitutions is probably the strategy to use to tackle that. Um, KW3 says, given the spate of injuries in last season with both the men's and women's sides, is there something to do with the pitch or training ground? No, there's not. Uh, The training ground and pitch side of things is just a conspiracy. It's an easy finger to kind of point at. But no, there is nothing wrong with these pitches or with these training. It's the, it's the only question that I can ever look at is obviously the amount of games and minutes players play. Fatigue always increases the chance of injury. 
but methods in training, intensity of training in terms of kind of tackles that go in and things like that, that maybe could be questioned. But no, the whole training pitches and things like that, the only pitches that are going to have any kind of impact on potential injuries are like when we went to the US and we played on those awful turfed grounds over the top of um, NFL pitches. Like that's the type of pitch that's going to cause injuries. The pitches at, you know, Colney and the Emirates that are, millions and millions of pounds worth investment to make them the best possible pitches as, as they can feasibly be you know these are pitches which are you know they're not encouraging injuries they don't increase the chance of injuries um certainly not it's more to do with kind of the the training methods that is getting scrutinized at the moment not the the pitches themselves uh lucas says we are arsenal and always suffer injuries it doesn't help that other teams consistently foul and kick our players in my opinion, it's also worth mentioning that other teams have got serious injury lists as well. It's not just Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea in particular. You think about when Liverpool finished fourth because of the spate of injuries they had. It cost them a title race and they scraped into the top four because of the injuries they suffered to the defence in particular. It can happen to teams. It, it can happen. And sadly, your season can be ruined because of a spate of injuries that happen all at once at high frequency, nowhere near a transfer window, and you can't react to it in time. And it impacts your form. I'm hoping that's not going to happen here. But it does happen. So uh, no matter how much you've spent in a transfer window, if the money you've spent, you know, you think about the fact that we bought Havertz, Rice, Rayar and Timber. We've lost the majority of that investment in Timber and and, uh, and uh, Rice's injuries, you know. So that's you know, 140 million quid's worth of player gone. And then you've lost 45 million quid's worth of investment in Partey. And you've lost a 100 million plus player in Saka and you've lost 27 million quid in Trossard and another mad expensive player that would be if he was sold Martinelli. So we've lost huge amounts of, of worth in this squad. So uh, yeah, it has to come into people's thinking when it comes to the expectations, I think, going forwards as well. Um, CJ, Dan says, Tom, have you seen that we've been linked with Ollie Watkins? Uh, not good enough for where we want to go. What are your thoughts? I think he probably falls into a very similar category to me as, as Ivan Tony. Um, I think they're both Premier League level strikers for clubs like yeah, Aston Villa and maybe teams that are pushing like like Brighton for those Europa League places. Maybe a Tottenham um, can see them playing in, in like a Spurs team. But I just think that Arsenal need to be looking at a striker that's a calibre above Tony and Watkins. Um, I do like Watkins. Um, he's an Arsenal fan as well. But um, yeah, I just think that Arsenal need to be looking at a calibre above Tony and Watkins uh, to kind of upgrade. People say, well, one of the big reactions that we got yesterday was, I'd rather have Jesus and Tony than Jesus and Nketiah. And I'm not going to argue with that. So would I. I would rather have Tony and Jesus than uh, Jesus and Nketiah. I think that Tony is a better player than Nketiah. I think that Ollie Watkins is a better striker than Nketiah. But the point is, is that we should be looking to upgrade on Jesus. So it's Jesus that replaces Nketiah not us trying to sign a player that replaces Nketiah themselves. We should be looking to try and buy the player that, you know, um, ousts uh, Jesus from a starting position. And that's not an easy feat, by the way. That's really, really difficult to do. Uh, so we need to try and find the guy that replaces Jesus and then Jesus replaces Nketiah. Uh, Bizarre says, Eddie Nketiah or Havertz at centre-forward? I'd rather see Havertz play there. I think that Havertz is best there. And I think that's where I would use Havertz if I'm going to start him in a game. Um, Isaac says, morning, Tom. Whatever happens tonight, Arteta not out. <laughs> sure. Uh, Byron says, Tom, have you been uh, watching Vlahovic? He's been doing very well. I haven't, actually. I know I am aware that he's had a good start to the season, but I can't say I've been watching too much of Juventus so far. Let's have a quick brief check of his record so far in this season. Four goals in six games and one assist so far. Uh, still just 23 years of age. He scored two against uh, Lazio in a 3-1 win uh, and scored one against Udinese and assisted one in that game as well in a 3-1 win. And then in a 1-1 draw with Bologna, he scored as well. He came off the bench in the game against Lecce. I wonder why he didn't start that game. They started Chiesa and Arkadiusz Milik up top for that 1-0 win over Lecce. So interesting, interesting indeed. When did they score? Oh, uh, Milik scored in the 57th minute. So there you go. Um, Guda Jake says, what's my opinion of Sesko? I like him a lot. I think he's one of those players where um, there's potential for him to rise into the caliber that we're talking about. I wouldn't necessarily say that like, if I was to sign a player right now, if I'd take a risk on Sesco. And that's why I said, a lot of people said to me in the comments yesterday, name the players that you would sign instead of Tony. And I said, 
ask me in the summer because in the summer we would have had all of this season to assess the performances of players that are like Sesco, a bit like Ferguson, um, and ultimately then we would have a, the chance to you know assess what options are available next summer. I wouldn't panic in January. I think we've got a lot of options at centre forward to take us through to the end of this specific season. I would wait until the summer and then go and get uh, potentially if Sesco has proven himself uh, at that in that Bundesliga level. He's, he's you know he's, he's his first season in the Bundesliga, but I think you have to strike when the iron's hot sometimes with these young guys. Otherwise, you end up losing them, like Erling Haaland, for instance, um, like Gonzalo Ramos, for instance. You end up losing these starts of players if you don't get them quick. You know, Colo Moani had one season at Frankfurt and then all of a sudden is worth eighty million quid has gone to PSG after he left Nantes on a free transfer from Nantes. So you have to strike quickly sometimes with these players. Uh, Temi says, Tom never reads my questions. Oh, that's a shame because I've just seen that one. <laughs> uh, Wes says, sorry, Tom, late to proceedings. Hope you're good. Do you think it's important after this appointment uh, draw against Tottenham? And although tonight's game is a bit of a distraction, that it's vital that we win. I don't think it's like vital. As I've talked about before, I'm not the biggest fan of the, this cup competition and I don't mind if we don't necessarily progress through it i'm more concerned about coming through it unscathed without any other injury issues if we win great momentum if we lose i'm not going to lose too much sleep over it but arteta will want to win this game that's for sure and look bottom line i want Arsenal to win every single game i just think for some games like this i'm not going to lose too much sleep if indeed we are eliminated from this competition uh Flusa says what if we want to buy in january then sign a center mid Sign a central midfielder. Sign Yusuf Fafana, please. Go out. That's the player that I would sign in January. I'd go out and sign Yusuf Fafana uh, from Monaco. Go and put 35 million quid on the table. Get that deal done. Add to the depth of that central midfield. Cover the necessary needs. He's a great box-to-box player. He's not a number six now. Now number six is much better playing in an area where he can go forwards and go backwards. Be great to partner with Rice. Great to partner with Partey if you wanted to. Go sign Yusuf Fafana in January. I'd go sign a midfielder over a striker all day long. Uh, Chris says, Hi, Tom. Uh, with how good Jesus has been in the middle, would you be looking in the future to get a striker and a right wing instead of using Jesus at right wing? Um, in an ideal world, of course, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go out and sign both. Do I think it's feasible? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know whether it's feasible. Uh, Dennis says, is tonight's game on the Arsenal website? Match commentary, I believe, probably will be, but I, they won't show a stream of it on the Arsenal website. I don't know if it's on telly. Um, if you need to keep up to date with it, of course, I'm going to be doing the match commentary, text commentary from uh, the GTEC Community Stadium on London. Uh, and also, London has been nominated in the Football Content Awards as Best Organisation. So if you'd like to go and vote for London, I would encourage you to go and do that in the FCAs. Uh, TGT, we're not, uh, we're not in for an award this year. I didn't put ourselves up for it this year. But London are, uh, are up for the Best Organisation Award. They're up against some amazing outlets like the BBC and The Athletic, etc. So um, please do go and... Um, you know, uh, go and vote for us for our coverage of of Arsenal, uh, which we try and work very, very hard on on doing. So, yeah, go give FL a vote. Um, let's go to DJ and says, Tom, what's your view of us winning anything this season now? I mean, it's, it's tough to see you winning things at all when you're up against Man City and things like that. You know, Champions League is tough because you've got City, you've got Bayern, you've got Real Madrid, Barcelona look very good. And in, in England, as long as Man City exists, it's always difficult to see us winning something. If we can get our players back fit, and there's optimism that they will be back fit for that game against City next week, then of course we've got a chance. There's always going to be a chance. I think we've positioned ourselves with the recruitment that we've done to be as best as we can be. And it's a shame that we've lost Timber because that would have been a really good asset to have this season. Um, but yeah, for me, we I, I hope that we have a top opportunity to win the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Champions League, you know, I think we should be going for these three competitions, personally. The Carabao Cup's a bonus, but it's just not its just not something that I, I'm, you know, really highly concerned about on my list of priorities. Um, Kyle says, Tom, I think the Carabao Cup is one of the most winnable competitions we have now that Man City will go for everything. I mean, they're going to go for everything because the next step for them is the quadruple. So, of course, they're going to take the Carabao Cup very, very seriously. Uh, Jake says, how long, does it, uh, how long does a player have to be world-class to be considered world-class? My theory is three years. So Saka is now world-class. Nodegaard has a little way to go. What are your thoughts? For me, my definition of world-class has always been that it's a player that would get into any of the elite sides or that would compete with the existing player 
uh, in those elite teams. And for me, Saka does that. Odegaard does that. Rice does that. Partey does that. Um, for me, Saliba does that. Gabriel, I think, has got to a level where he does that. I think Ramsdale and Raya are two keepers that I would consider to be up there with the best and would compete with keepers across all elite teams. I mean, you know, at the moment, Kepa Rizabalaga is uh, Real Madrid's starting goalkeeper. I know that Courtois is still there, but I think that Ramsdale and, and Raya would give any any goalkeeper a good run for their money in teams at the top, top level. So I think we've got loads of world-class players in this squad, and that's an exciting place to be. Martinelli as well. So uh, I think Jesus is, is still a very, very good shot. I think, I think personally he's a world-class talent. You know, is he a world-class finisher? There's another debate to be had there. But as an overall rounded centre-forward, I think that he's got world-class ability without a doubt. Uh, Chris says, do you think there should be a cut-off point that we should wait for us to click this season? I don't think that we have yet. No, I don't think we have either, Chris. Is there a cut-off point? I don't think you can have a cut-off point saying, yes, now it's too late. I think when it's too late, it's too late. If you can't now go and win the the league or you can't win a trophy this season, that's that we've you know we've not clicked soon enough. We've not been good enough to get there. Um, so it's it, I don't think there's a cutoff point per se. No, um, but what I do think is that we're in a position where we've we've positioned ourselves very well to go for as many competitions as as possible. And I think that I'd love to see us win the FA Cup. I'd love to see us win the Champions League. Obviously, I think those two competitions are things that we can give a really good run to this season I don't really want to see us getting eliminated out in rounds against teams that we shouldn't be I'm very critical of that if we are that's what I said to Arteta the other week you know I said to him I was like we got knocked out by Sporting by Villarreal by Olympiacos teams that we were expected to beat I said to him do you have something to prove in Europe this season because I think Arsenal do have something to prove in Europe I think Arteta has something to prove in Europe this season because we cannot be getting knocked out again by teams that we should be beating so and you've got two legs to do it as well Really no excuses for me in against these teams. We should be progressing past them. Uh, Wes says, I never assumed that we would be only or the nearest rival to Man City, but what, in your opinion, construes to a successful season and what would we need to achieve in your humble but accurate opinion? It's very difficult, Wes, to, to talk about what is a successful season when you're sitting here in September because I could say that a successful season is doing better than what we did last season. But if suddenly we don't have Rice, we don't have Saka, we don't have Jesus, we lose players like Timber, what we've invested in, we we lose so many key players for extended periods. If we don't compete for the title this season and we've lost key players for for these long periods of time, if that happens, then I'll look back on what I said today and think, well, Tom said that a successful season was challenging for the title again. We've not done that. But now I'm looking back in May and I'm looking at back at what happened this season. Now I think differently. So it's very difficult to say now what a successful season for Arsenal is. I think we should be aiming to win a trophy. We should be aiming to compete with City. We should be aiming to try and win the Champions League. That's what we should be aiming to do. And I have no issue in saying that right now, that we should be aiming to do those things. But I don't expect us to win the league. I don't expect us to win the Champions League because I think that there are teams that are bigger and better than us in those competitions. And so they should be expected the favourites of those competitions should be expected to to win those competitions. So I can't expect Arsenal to do that. It just logically doesn't make any sense to. But we should certainly be aiming to try and win those competitions. And I always say there's a difference between what you should aim for and what you should expect. So I expect progression. That's my expectation of Arsenal always is to progress, you know, to try and be better than you were the year before. Now, sometimes factors emerge that stop you from doing that. And we'll talk about that in May. We won't talk about that now. But uh, my expectation is always for Arsenal to continue to improve and progress as a club. Um, and as name says here, no one has a divine right to expect to win the league. You can expect to challenge, but never to win. I think that there's the only caveat to that is I think that the favourite in this sense, Man City, I think Man City can try and expect to win the league. You know, I think that they have to be expected to win the league because of how powerful they are, of how uh, rich they've been, and what they've spent it on, about what manager they've got, about the squad they've got, about the record that they've got. Man City should be expected to win the league. But anybody else, it's a solid no. No, they can't be expected to win the league whilst Man City exists in its current form. Um JBA, uh, LBJ says, uh, Jesus' finishing is so concerning, in my opinion. If he figured out how to shoot, he'd be a top three striker. Again, I would like to highlight that the player that's missed the most big chances this season is Erling Haaland. The player that missed the most big chances last season was Erling Haaland. 
the player that missed the most big chance of the season before that was Harry Kane. Are these players world-class finishers? Yeah, I mean, yes, I'd say yes, but they're still missing more big chances than anybody else. And why is that? It's because they're getting more big chances than anybody else. And if we created more big chances for Jesus, he'd score more goals. And we're 12th in the league at the moment for big chances created. That's the biggest issue. We can talk about our finishing. Our shot conversion, I think, is 8th in the league. But we're 12th for big chances created. So if we can try and up that chance creation frequency, that big chance creation frequency, we will score a lot more goals. And Jesus will score a lot more goals. Like As we talked about yesterday, those people that are pining for Tony, who scored three more non-penalty goals, than Jesus did. You know, I don't think that's that transforms us, you know. So and people then talk about, well, he's doing that for Brentford. Yeah, that should actually tell you something more concerning because the Brentford team is entirely tailored to get the ball to Tony. The system is like for me, it was why I had reservations about about Wilfred Zaha, because Crystal Palace is and was for a long time tailored around Wilfred Zaha standing out for, for Crystal Palace and for, for Brentford. It was the same for Tony. That system is tailored to to funnel the ball to Tony. And Arsenal aren't going to have a system that does that here. Our system is about collaboration. Our system is about goals throughout the side. Our system is about creating chances for lots of different players. And the striker has got a role to play. And Jesus plays that role very well. We just need to create more chances. You look at that game against PSV in the Champions League. Yes, PSV were more open. But that game highlighted Arsenal's potential as a, as a creative force. And I just hope that we can replicate that. And I think that only happens with Jesus going back to striker. So let's wait and see if Jesus does play striker against Bournemouth at the weekend. I sincerely hope that he does. Um, Jason says, Tom, do you think with the injuries we have currently suffered sustained, uh, sustaining through the season, we can expect to achieve top four? Uh, yeah, without a doubt. Arsenal should be expecting, expect, expecting to get top four. If Arsenal don't get top four, it's been disastrous. It's been calamitous. I mean, even with uh, injuries, you know, Arsenal have got the depth, in my opinion, that they should be getting top four. Only if Arsenal had an injury record that literally cost them their entire first 11 nearly would I have some sympathy. Arsenal should be getting top four as an, as an absolute minimum expectation this season. Uh, Red Star says, Tom, do you think the rest of the league are ready for the own any DM Cedric inverted right back plan? We will take the league by storm. <laughs> El Nenny and Cedric to the rescue, yeah. Oh, dearie me. I mean, I like El Nenny a lot. I think El Nenny's incredibly underrated. But Cedric, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of concerns. A lot of concerns. Uh, Lucas says, we played also with the midfield of Partey, Rice, Odegaard. Uh, when they were all fit, we should be starting those three. What are your thoughts? I agree, Lucas. Those three should be the starting midfield three when they are all available. Uh, CJ says, can't help feeling, but we uh, can't help feeling we were let down in the summer. Two steps forward and three back. There were opportunities to really upgrade and we didn't grab them. Havertz was a gamble and we didn't need to take it. I think we'll come to the end of the season and assess that gamble. It is a gamble and I don't blame people for having concerns. What I would say is that the four players that we signed ended up being a number that we couldn't really expand upon. We couldn't get more than those four players because sadly we couldn't move players on out the club quick enough. And that's not necessarily the club's fault. The club are very frustrated by the fact that Holding only moved on deadline day and Tavares only moved on deadline day and Pepe couldn't move until after deadline day. And, you know, a lot of the outgoing business sadly didn't happen until towards the end of the window. Even Balogun happened really late on. So there was a lot of frustration around that. And had we have moved players on sooner and had those offers come sooner and that's not down to the club, had the offers materialised quicker, we may have been able to do more, but they didn't. For me, in January, a centre midfielder is more of a, a priority for me than a striker. Um, mainly because I don't think the striker that we need is going to be available in January. And I think that we should wait until the summer to assess getting what I believe to be an absolute elite player in that position. But for me, I'd go for the the um, the, the midfielder in January. I think that would be the better option. Um, Drunks are us, says gambling. Um, 65 million is insane for a top level club. I, again, I agree. I said it was a risk. At the start of the summer, on the start of when this, this materialised, I always described that deal as a risk. Always said it was a risk. Um, if it doesn't pay off, it really does fall on Arteta, that one. Havertz has to work out. And that's why I'm still backing the guy to succeed. I think people should be entitled to have concerns about Havertz, but I, I think it's ludicrous and ridiculous people saying that he should be sold. You know, That, I think, is ridiculous. But 
I'm backing the guy. I'm hoping he turns it around. We know the talent is there. We know what he's achieved in the past. Let's just hope that we can unlock it. That's That's got to be the hope. Franyal says, why does no one talk about a Saka backup anymore? I think we literally talked about it in this show, didn't we? I think we said that. I think in an ideal, I think I said in an ideal world, we'd bring in a striker and a right winger. Um, but it's difficult to do that. Very difficult to do that. It's difficult to sign a backup to Saka. It's how do you convince a player to come in and play second fiddle to Saka? It's very, very difficult to do that. And I think that what you have to do is you have to sign somebody that can play more than one role. So you can convince them that they're not only just kind of a player that can give us competition at right wing, but they're also going to give you competition elsewhere. I think you'll probably see Enketia and Nelson moved on in the coming summers and windows because Arsenal have done well to, you know, get a uh, get a, a price for them. But um, sorry to get a new contract for them so they can make some money off those deals in the future. But the moment i think we do need to bring someone in pavel says neto the problem with neto is that he's much better on the left uh, and do we need to bring another player in that's that's better on the left than they are on the right i think we need to look for someone who's better on the right but can play left um and have that versatility about their game probably someone who's left-footed um you know i think we lack depth of left footers that are wingers we only really have saka Vieira. i mean trossard nelson smith rowe um Gabriel Martinelli, Trossard, they're all right-footed. Only Vieira, who's played on the right, is another left-footer. And he has played at right wing because we don't really have the um we don't really have the the you know the options of an inverted um right winger at the club. So yeah. Um question from Abdul who says, Tom, do you know about Victor Boniface? Uh, and do you think he can be the striker? For us, uh, by Leverkusen forward, six goals in five games, two assists so far this season. Uh, 22 years of age, um, Nigerian striker. Seems very exciting indeed. Uh, whether or not he's going to be able to uh, continue that form, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. And will he become one of those players? Another one to look out for is, is Moffy at Nice. He's another player to, to keep your eyes on. Uh, Jonathan David still at Lille as well. There are strikers around. Um, but yeah, let's wait and see. Pavel said Neto is left-footed. Yeah, I know. But he's also better on the left than he is on the right. It's an interesting one. He's not necessarily what we would describe as a um, as a naturally right-wing player. He plays really well on the left, is what I, when I speak to people that are, you know, at Wolves, doesn't matter. I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about a, just signing a left-footed player. They have to be better on the right and be inverted. Neto has typically played better when he's deployed uh, on the left-hand side, even though he is left-footed. So there you go. Yeah, Nigeria are stacked in the striker position. They've got a lot of fantastic forwards of Nigeria. Um, so AFCON, got to be looking out for Nigeria to score plenty of goals. Uh, Boniface, uh, Boniface, is that how I pronounce it, Temi? Thank you. Always appreciate um, the corrections on that. Uh, Bizarre says, do you think Partey is going to leave soon? Uh, I think that he could be sold in the summer. That's definitely a possibility. Uh, CJ Dan says, Arteta doesn't promote academy players. He's very different to Wenger in that respect. He favours experience and has serious trust issues. Did he not give a debut to the youngest ever Premier League player? Pretty sure that he did. He's also currently got and developed four of the most modern-day Halen graduates we've had in Saka, Smith-Rowe, um, and Ketia and Nelson. They're all Halen graduates. They've all been given plenty of chances to prove themselves and all been given new contracts under Arteta. Um, in terms of players coming through from the academy, whenever we've gone to pre-season, whenever we've had a mid-season break, whenever we've had friendlies, youth players have played. Patino has been given chances. Rule Waters has played in two pre-seasons. Um, in the mid-season, we've also got... Um, in that, that when we had the World Cup, we saw Nuaneri play against Juventus. Amario Kojadubri played against Juventus and we had them play against the likes of Leon. Um, we've seen them get chances, but you can't have it both ways. You can't expect Arsenal to challenge for a title and challenge for trophies. And then if we play kids and get knocked out, complain that we didn't progress and say, oh, we risked a bit too much. You know, we played those kids. Now, what I think is that we should be trying to give um, uh, we should be trying to give maybe them off the bench a little bit more. But if we want to squad, like look at Man City, right? Man City are the team that we want to emulate. Man City are the team that we want to match. 
And how often do you see Man City give chances to their graduates? Like how many how many times do we really see them do it? It's not loads. And the only players that have come through under uh, Pep and made it into the first team squad are Phil Foden, Nico, uh, Nico, Nico, Rico, Rico Lewis, um, and uh, and Cole Palmer. And Lewis has obviously got opportunities, but now has kind of fallen away. He's not getting those chances now. Uh, Palmer's obviously been sold. And Foden, obviously, is, is one of the best options out there. So it's not as if it's not as if Arteta's doing anything that I think he should be necessarily criticised for. He's helped develop some of the best talents that we've ever seen. And yes, they may have made their debuts under a previous coach, but... Saka was playing at left back when Arteta arrived. He had some chances in the wing areas, sure. But Saka was playing at left back when Arteta arrived. Arteta's the one that's turned him and helped and coached him into one of the best right wingers in the world. Smith Rowe got that opportunity against Chelsea on Boxing Day. Arteta didn't have to choose Smith Rowe that day. He had Joe Willock on the bench. He could have chosen him and he'd chosen Joe Willock throughout the season before that point. He didn't. He decided against that and he went with Smith Rowe. And you've got to give the guy props for choosing Smith Rowe instead of Willock. and he did fantastically well. And obviously, uh, now he's not necessarily getting the same minutes as he was then because Gabriel Martinelli, a player that we signed under Emery, played a fair few minutes, but got injured. And then under Arteta has now taken his game to another level. So I think it's unfair, really unfair, to, to label Arteta um, as having serious trust issues whilst the expectation is that the manager needs to go and win all of these competitions. Um, at the same time as trying to blood in youngsters. We've got loads. We've got more youth academy graduates starting for Arsenal than most teams do of their own youth academy graduates. You know, Arsenal are one of the best clubs at representing their academy graduates in the first team. And like we talk about players aren't getting opportunities. That's because those players, the turnover of kids is not the same at Arsenal as elsewhere. So it's far, far, far more difficult. Arteta ended up, you know, helping get us over 30 to nearly 40 million quid for Balogun in the end. You know, one of our record sales potentially with the add-ons that could be involved in that deal. We got 25 million quid for for Joe Willock, which is an amazing figure. And Arteta used Willock in, in plenty of Premier League games, by the way, before he left the club. Plenty of Premier League games he used Willock in. And we ended up getting 25 million quid for, for him. Um so I really, I really don't necessarily agree with with you, Dan. There, I, I don't think that was a fair representation at all of of Arteta and his use of of Arsenal's uh, hailing graduates whatsoever. I'm sure I'd like to see um, some kids come off the bench at times, but we've got a really deep squad now that we've invested a lot of money in. You can't have it both ways, and so I think it's really unfair to criticise Arteta in that way. Uh, Bizarre says, do you think that Mudrick would have excelled under Arteta? I think he would have done better, but I don't think necessarily there's a guarantee he would have been amazing. Uh, Sam says, Tony would get a lot more minutes for Arsenal because opposition teams would have more players to think about. Um, I I don't necessarily think uh, that's necessarily the case. I mean, the XG statistics, as we talked about, they, I think Jesus and Tony's XG was both 13.2. So, then, you know, they're getting their build, and that was the total across the last year, so the, uh, the last season, sorry. So they're getting those opportunities um, to a same kind of degree. So I don't necessarily think so. Uh, Jay says, can Ozymen find a legal loophole to leave Napoli? I don't know. He's seeking, there's legal advice being sought, I think, in that situation. I don't know uh, would be uh, my thoughts on that. Please don't spam the chat though, Jay. Um, it's not appreciated. Uh, let's go to, um, boom, 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 boom. And says, I'm unsure what our fan base wants. Success with world-class players or getting by developing youth players at every opportunity. And this is what I mean. You can't have it both ways. I think that maybe you can bring some kids off the bench if you're winning 3-0, 4-0. But we're not winning games 3-0, 4-0 with our senior players. So then the opportunity to blood in those youngsters isn't necessarily there um, in the same way. Um, Let's go up. Did uh, Dan did reply. Uh, Rico Lewis still got opportunities. Palmer asked to leave. We aren't City. Arteta would play Saka with one leg. Um, and he has. You know, I'm very critical of Arteta overusing Saka in the game against Spurs. But yes, Lewis got opportunities. But it's also worth pointing out that those opportunities also then disappeared when Pep started using Akanji as a fullback. 
So Palmer asked to leave because an opportunity arose and he asked to leave because he wasn't being given the opportunities, ironically, Dan. Um, there's an irony there that, you know, in regards to Palmer, if, we, if we're looking at trying to emulate City, one of their youngsters asked to leave, a bit like Balogun, because the opportunities weren't there as much as maybe he thought they deserved to be. So, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't trade um, the pathway we're on if it meant sacrificing points to blood in more youngsters, I don't think it's, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can risk points at this elite level. And that's why I'd like to see some kids play tonight. And I'll be disappointed if there aren't any kids involved in the game this evening. So yeah, that's where I think I will be disappointed. Right. Uh, we're going to re- end the show there. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. It's very much appreciated as always. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. If you're new around here with those notifications turned on, so you never miss a show. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy the game later on this evening. Of course, you can follow all the updates of the game over on the football.london live blog this evening. So please do indeed uh, turn over to that this evening because it's going to be great. Tubbs, Palmer and Rice got minutes. Yes, they did. And I did notice a bit of a rude comment earlier on. Um, but uh, so of Saka, so of Nelson, so of Enketia, so as Joe Willock, so as Smith Rowe. How many of our youth have got opportunities and developed under Arteta to an incredibly high level. Loads of them. Loads of them. Anyway, thank you, guys. It's very much appreciated. Do tune in tomorrow morning for our raw reaction to the game, and uh, I'll bring you plenty more updates on any news that drops in the next 24 hours. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.